0: Welcome to the Destiny Church Tees Valley podcast. As you listen, it is our prayer that you are transformed through faith, hope and love. Good morning. Well, I don't know about you, but as some of the children said there, one of my favourite things of Christmas is to open presents. Hey! I don't know if you're looking forward to presents, but I certainly am. Now... This is uh, obviously a rhetorical question, don't you shout in all out. But I wonder what you are looking forward to opening at Christmas. I wonder what you've got planned. I wonder if you're thinking, I hope I get, and then fill in the blank of whatever it might be that you, you want to get, yes? Now, <clears throat> one of the things that you'll find that people wrap things very differently, don't they? Some people wrap things nice and neat and And they just put a little bow on it and and make it sparkle and you don't know where the sellotape is. It's not kind of, it's really beautifully done, isn't it? Yes. That's the kind of thing that my wife would do. She would wrap it nice and neatly like that. But me, well, my wrapping is kind of all over the place. It just depends what the shape of the object is in it. And it kind of, you think to yourself, well, you know, what's that? And I'm thinking, I oh, know, just a bit more sellotape will do. And, uh, and so we can think. Now, one of the things about the, about the wrapping paper is, so often with a wrapping paper, it gives us a sense of, of expectancy, doesn't it? If if I was to present this one to you, you would go, yes, that's got to be nice, that's going to be wonderful. But if I was to present this one to you, you would probably think to yourself, oh, I don't really want that one. Yes? So the wrapping paper itself, although we all know that logically, we know the reasoning is that the paper, we just rip it off. It is not something that we're going to keep. Well some of you, <laughs> I might make a little correction there. For some of you, you will untidy that one nice and neatly so that you can reuse it the following year. I know that, yes? But if I was to give you this, you would have no chance of reusing it, yes? But the, but the paper, we know, really, doesn't matter, does it? The wrapping is not always... But actually, it's amazing how much it makes a difference to us, doesn't he? And that's the issue with Christmas, is the problem with Christmas is that it is strangely wrapped. It has a very strange wrapping to it. And uh, the, the thing is, is the first Christmas, if we were to go back to that, would look very different to the Christmas that we so often portray today. You see, today we portray things nice and clean and sterilized and everything's all looking nice. If you were to look over at the crib, uh, you wouldn't kind of go over there thinking, I better put my gloves on before I go there. Um, but, but actually, the first century, the very first Christmas, was in a manger. And the thing with a manger is that, that, that it wasn't a clean place. It was where the animals were kept. It was where there's cow dung. It's where there's the straw and there's all sorts of things. So it was not sanitized. It was unclean. There was nothing nice about that. And this is where you've got to realize this is where the first Christmas makes its entrance is in Bethlehem in a manger because there's no room in the inn. Now, let me ask you a question. If you were God, how would you enter the world? I don't know about you, but if I had all the splendor and the majesty and the power of God, if I was kind of in that kind of thing, would I come as a baby in a manger? I would sure want the greatest of thrones. I want. I want a bit of splendor. I want some bands playing. I'd want all sorts of things going. I'd want the gold cutlery coming out. I'd want all the best, wouldn't you? And yet God who created all things, who sustains all things, who holds the galaxies in place, who is able to do all things, uh, is able, and yet he chose to come as a baby in a manger. Now you're thinking to yourself, well yeah, but that's because there was no room in the in. But the thing was is you've got to remember, God has been planning this event for hundreds and for thousands of years. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't God suddenly waking up going, Oh, I think I think I'll send Jesus today. It wasn't like that. He'd planned it all. He planned it so much so that he'd spoken about it throughout history. Over and over again. In fact, when we look at the prophecies and the promises of the coming Saviour that God would send, there is, there is many, many of them. In fact, I was looking at the statistics, the mathematical probabilities of these coming to place, and, uh, and it, was, it was phenomenal. It was a little bit like just for eight of these promises to come uh, to, to, uh, to pass and to one person... <laughs> It would have needed you to have kind of filled the whole of England uh, two foot deep in uh, in 10 P coins and then marked one single one of them, mixed them up and then chosen the right one out. Send a blind man into the middle and he's got to choose the right one. That's the probability of these promises. That's just eight of them, 48 of them. Well, let's just say it doesn't happen every day. OK? Because this is what God, God had planned it, and yet in all his planning, he knew that the innkeeper would say, "There's no room at the inn." Because the innkeeper was happy, business was booming, there was a censor, they needed to go to their hometown. So Joseph, with his pregnant wife of nine months, travelled 80 miles in order to be able to get to Bethlehem, in order to register to do his legal duty, and, in the, and when he got there, there was no room at the inn. In other words, it was a rush to get there, and It's not that Joseph didn't have the money to pay. Joseph went to the inn, but there was no room at the inn. And so often, we think and we look at things because of the wrapping of Christmas, we so often are put off because of the wrapping that we see. And that's the problem that we see. I mean, for example, Joseph. When Joseph learned that Mary was pregnant, what did he do? His thing was, he's, oh, no, she must have had an affair. He, he's, 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 he's struggling with what's going on. And he's, he, he, the scripture says that he chose, that he decided he was going to put her away quietly. I don't know. I, I, can you imagine me trying to put Kath away quietly? I don't know. Whether that, so it tells you a bit about Mary. Maybe she was a quiet soul. <laughs> But, uh, but, in other words, he was—he was, he was going to kind of this, this, uh, this. This is a disgrace. This is a problem. And so, when the angel talked talk to him and said to him, "No, this is where I have planned," he had a choice. What was coming wrapped? It looked, the wrapping did not look like he was going to be the Son of God. The wrapping didn't look like he was going to be the Savior of the world. The wrapping that, that it came in to, to, to the human mind was, was, was ridiculous. And yet, so often we just look at the outward appearance. We look at the outward appearance of people, don't we? We look at the outward appearance. We're looking at what clothes are we wearing. We're looking at what makeup they've got on. We're looking at what kind of shoes you're wearing. We're looking at kind of what job you have or what car you have or what house you live in or whatever. We're looking at outward appearances and yet God comes along in a package that looks like it doesn't belong. It looks like what could possibly be in this package but that's what Christmas is about is for us to understand that even though it might not look like anything, it is actually the greatest present the world has ever known. It is the gift of God to you and to me of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he gives us eternal life. With Jesus, you have eternal life. Without him, you don't. And so it's no accident to us that he was born in a stable. So important was this event that, as we heard in one of the the videos, that all of history is hinged on this event. BC. Testing you there. So in other words, whatever, whatever, whenever we write the date, we write the date today and it's 2021 after what? 2,021 years after what? This is what I'm trying to say. So every time you and I write the date, we are recognizing the greatest event in the history of humanity. Isn't that phenomenal? To think that the world, and yet nobody writing the date so often thinks of, oh, I'm, I'm recording a date here because of what it meant to them. You see, God's gift comes in such a package that we so often miss it. We miss it because we're not sure. And the problem so often is, is because we are wrapped up. And we're so wrapped up with the things that we want to be, the things with the glitter, with the things that, uh, that, 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 that look nice. We're so often wrapped up in ourselves. We're wrapped up in our problems. We're wrapped up in busyness. We're wrapped up in all sorts of things that we actually, because of the wrapping, we can't see the really precious present that actually God has got on offer to us. You see, the motive of the giver matters. It really matters. So for example, some gifts are giver-focused gifts, yes? So a giver-focused gift is like me buying calf a motorbike. All the guys go, yeah, or buying her uh, uh, some tools or buying her something like that. In other words, why am I buying her it? Because I want that, yes. And too many of us do that, don't we? Yes. The other one is to be recipient-focused gifts. In other words, you focus on the person you're giving it to. So not necessarily their needs, but their wants. So in other words, you might, uh, you, you might buy Um, uh, your child a gift but it's not that you want them to spend all day on PlayStation or on the computer or whatever but you buy them that gift why? because that's what they want but God's present is the best kind of present which is relationship focused gift and a relationship focused gift reflects the person giving and the needs of the person that he's been given to. So in other words, it's a little bite like me, buying calf something that she needs, like a dishwasher. <laughs> you fell for that one then, didn't you? I could see it, I could see it. On an lining board. <laughs> there you go. No, but if I was to buy her a ring... Okay, that would be a miracle. <laughs> who believes in miracles,? okay? But, but what I'm saying there is it would show the love and the heart of the person giving, but it would also be showing that what is the desire and uh, what, what, uh, what calf um, w- would need, what your spouse would need, or what does the child need? So that's the issue for us. You see, God's gift reflects who he is. He is loving. He is merciful. He is forgiving. He's gracious. He's generous. He's sacrificial. He is everything that you can use that's good in this world. But the problem is, we put a plaster over our problems. We put a plaster over our loneliness, a plaster over our fears, and we all have them plaster over our failures. We feel we need to hide rather than to be able to come to God and say, God, this is who I am. And I know that today that whatever I am, that you want me to come as I am. Now, the issue is God loves us too much for us to stay the same way. He's not wanting you to stay the way you come, but he wants you to come as you are. And that, I think, is important to us. So let me ask you a question. This Christmas... What presents are you going to open? What is going to be the most important present for you? Because if you have such a wonderful present presented to you in a way that you think to yourself, I'm not sure what's in there. It just seems a very strangely packaged present. If that's with you, the question is, is the only way you can know about that gift and the only way you can know what's in any of these is if you accept the gift you've got to accept the gift and then you've got to open the gift and you've got to use the gift, haven't you? If you just leave it on a shelf, well, if it's an ornament, I guess, you just leave it on the shelf. But if it's something of usefulness and of course what God gives us is a primary usefulness. His gift will affect every area of our life. It affects the things that you think about. It affects your peace. It affects your relationships. It will affect your job. It will affect your career. It will affect every aspect of you. You'll have peace when people around you don't have peace. You'll have joy when you're thinking your circumstances are crazy. you just to be different because God guarantees that. He promises that to us that if you will accept his present, if you will accept his gift of Jesus Christ, that packaged in the gift of Jesus Christ, there is eternal life. there is joy forever. There is, there is power for living today and there's forgiveness for the things that we've done in the past. That has got to be good. Yeah. My question to you this Christmas time is, will you open the greatest gift that this world has ever seen? Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you and you would like prayer, or perhaps this is your first time listening, then we'd love to connect with you at www.thedestinychurch.co.uk forward slash connect. You're welcome to join us every Sunday in person or online at 11am.